0: Welcome to the unknown,
1: a place needed to be explored and structured. Your hosts, Jack, Pat, Zach, and I, Trent, will seek those answers together. What will we find? Let's get into it.
2: <laughs> My bad, I fucked that up. Five, oh, I that four, fuck that up.
0: <clears throat> My hair's all biggity Hello people, this is the Unknown Structured Podcast episode 5. Today we have a new person again, Eli Schweitzer. We do not have Trent today, sadly he is hanging out with his child. That's so sad. It's not that sad, he's just hanging out with his kid. Roll the intro. Alright, so we got our boy Eli Schweitzer here. As we just said, Trent isn't here. He's hanging out with his child. So the hosts are going to be me, Zach, Pat, with our guest, Eli Schweitzer. Let's go ahead and get into it. Let's so, do it. Uh,
1: go ahead and introduce yourself, actually. Let's just go ahead and say that. Yeah, so of course he had my name, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, just graduated from college. Um, I majored in occupational safety that's more of like dealing with uh workplace safety and making sure you don't like cut your fucking finger off or anything like that um other than that the only other interesting thing about me is you know i've been playing hockey since i was like a wee child i'm mediocre at best washed up your league so
0: but you're just still playing
1: college level not anymore since i graduated but you well, were did, yes. but you were yeah, yeah. it's yeah. pretty impressive and how was that it was an experience. Was there a big
2: difference from like high school? Oh like yeah, college? for sure. Yeah, for well,
0: sure. The school we went to, we didn't even have an official hockey team. Okay. No. Yeah, it was to,
1: like a it was like a rec league. Uh, I had to play for Henry Clay. Okay. So the year our high school team folded the year before, I became a freshman. Okay. And then I got sent to <clears throat> another the, school. The, for yeah for another school yeah. to play for them. So, so
2: how does
0: that work? playing yeah. for a different school than the one you go to. Like I feel like that's just like an awkward like did you ever get in fist fights with people because they were your teammates but they went to different schools?
1: Were you like go Generals, fuck the Blue Devils? No, no. I mean, I've I've known all the every person who plays hockey like in Lexington, like I I know or I've seen them before, uh-huh. so it's, you know, a lot of the guys I've already been playing with them for five to ten years at that point so it really wasn't that big of a deal it was just different team uniform technically but
0: that's pretty fair because jack and i we played t-ball and then i played six seasons of baseball through elementary to middle school and then you know high school well i didn't play in high school i didn't want to play in high school um didn't even want to play in middle school, which maybe I didn't play. In middle no, school. you didn't. Okay, yeah, yeah, you're right. We went from t-ball to like third or fourth grade. Then we played soccer. Well, no, I, it was later than either way. It doesn't matter. But I remember seeing the guys then, and then in high school, the same guys played in baseball.
2: So that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, you, so do you still you still do hockey then?
1: Yeah. No, I I just play like rec league and yeah. just get shit faced and. I feel like that's like what everybody does in hockey. It's It's
2: better to get shit faced and be active than be shit faced and sitting on the couch.
0: The only time I've ever went to a hockey game was one, your games. And two, unless I had somebody with me that had to drive home, I definitely got shit faced. I have never been to a hockey game, and I hate to say that I never (laughs) went to one of your games. It's It's pretty lit, It's it's toxic. I will say that it's pretty fucking toxic. It's
2: definitely a pretty physical sport. Oh, yeah, for sure. No more. What,
0: what is the... I forget. I watched a documentary about it. What is the the person on the team that gets into
1: fights a lot? I can't remember exactly. That's uh, what most people call an like enforcer. You know, there's kind of like that plot. Yeah, that's, yeah that's, that's what the documentary was called, is enforcers. Yeah, yeah. that's what they get paid to do is just, you know, beat somebody's face in yeah, for for fun. For like a million dollars a year, you know. Like,
0: dude, in that documentary, one of the guys said that he was an enforcer for one team and another guy was an enforcer for another team. And the other team, that dude was like, hey, man. He was like, he was like, hey do something foul so that way we can get into a fight, but don't do something real foul against one of my, you know, teammates, you know? And the other guy was like, I got you, man. And then they got into a fight, and the dude kept his job. Like, he was about to get fired from this professional hockey team, and that fight, like, saved, saved his a career, career a yeah. little bit. Like, So was there any enforcer, like, in college? I imagine maybe not comparatively... With, like, professional, but...
1: Well, you know, most kids, like, want to actually play. So, like, in college it really wasn't... And, you know, you're wearing cages. You're not wearing, like, half shields or anything, like, you know, professional. So it's kind of hard just to rip a helmet off and then take yeah. the gloves yeah. off and, and try to beat the shit out of somebody. But uh, it was more just, like, you know, just dirty shit and... Stuff like that, or you know, like punching each other with your gloves on, hitting the helmet. Yeah, Uh, not like a real fight, just kind of like rough play. Yeah, you're probably gonna hurt your hand worse than the other person by hitting a helmet. Well, if you have your gloves on, you you won't. But I mean, well, to be yeah, yeah, to be, you take your glove off. Because you
2: would you get expelled. From the team, or uh, like you a, like a penalty, or you yeah, get suspended
1: serious. for one game, or depending on how bad the incident is, like the the league that you know you're in will decide whether or not like your sentence. So, yeah,
0: oh, okay. Talking mm. about fighting, was there ever an instance where fights happened after the game?
1: Not after the game, no, usually everybody just kind of leaves their own eyes. That's kind of a respect, unspoken yeah. rule
2: yeah
1: um what is the worst injury you've you've ever seen on ice um so my (laughs) last season before covid hit uh we were playing i think it was mtsu and it was like the first shift of the game and like the kid got hit or maybe like hit because our ice is like horrible so you could have hit a run, like fell on the boards or something, but he, like, shattered his leg. Like, oh my god. Like, compound fracture. Like, and the next time we played him, like, he had, like.
0: Excuse
2: us. Well, bro. in this moment, I'll
1: speak up real quick.
2: It's okay, fun, man. man. That's alright. It happens. That'll be a $15 fine. Yeah, yeah man.
1: That's, uh, I, I'm going to get. It. Fine from my team, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, like, the next game that we uh, saw him at, like, he had, like, screws in his leg, and it was, just like, you no, know, like, bars on oh, man and it was all fucked up, but... Damn. That's the worst one I've seen. I mean, I've seen, like, cuts and stuff before, just from, like, skates. I mean, like, you have gaps in between your um, equipment and stuff like that, but nothing, like too crazy.
0: Have you ever seen somebody get their finger cut off?
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I haven't (laughs) seen somebody get their finger cut off, but my goalie that I played with in high school, um, it was the year before I started playing. Um, Apparently, what happened is they were playing another team, but, so he took a shot, it came, it rebounded, bounced in front of him, and when he went to go cover it, his glove Slipped slipped off, and it was right out of somebody's the crease and took like my <laughs> <pinky> off. <laughs> I'd scream. Oh,
0: oh We're laughing because that <laughs> is so oh, crazy. I'm over here thinking about what is the movie where it's, uh, oh my god, it's, I think Blades it's, of Glory. Blades of Glory, yes. Oh <laughs> <Where> <laughs> the <laughs> neck gets cut off. I was just about to ask if there was a situation in which you saw someone get cut, you know, pretty bad, but that's tough. I would (laughs) would, would scream. I think anybody would. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, You all know this, or generally know this, but you all don't. I worked in a kitchen for pretty much, we'll go with six years. I mean, it was pretty much somewhere around that. And the worst injury that I ever had, I I believe it's the worst, is uh, Jack was actually there the day it happened. I was cutting a yellow pepper, and it was wet, which our produce, you know, it's in a cold environment, so it's going to be wet. You know what I mean, like, or at least have moisture. Moisture, yeah. It's and not wet. It's not soaking in water, but yeah, it's it has some moisture on it. Should it. be
2: if you wash it. Exactly, exactly.
0: Well, that that too. So that even builds the point. Mm-hmm. So the yellow pepper was. You know, a little bit wet, and uh, I was cutting it, and I completely took a, a straight-up chunk out of my finger. Like, I chopped it off. Ooh, ooh, man. That was one need- of no. them.
2: Yeah, my uncle's like a welder, and he, his, he can't move his thumb. I like think it's glued back on, but he took, like, a big chunk out of his thumb. Luckily, don't, I didn't have that. Going back uh, to, like, sport fights real quick. When I wrestled, there was these two dudes that were wrestling. One was on my team, one was on another team. They kind of got like heated mid match, and like one claimed that the dude like smacked them or did some something dirty, and they stirred up both like threw like two or three punches. I swear to God, and the ref was like about to like, none of them got in trouble, but they both like hit hit a punch or two on each other, and they're Mm -hmm. like, all right, it's even. And they went back to like wrestling, but it was it was weird like they were wrestling, and they like, both like squared up and like both got a hit on each other and then went back to wrestling. Yeah. It was strange, man
0: damn I see like, damn. where i pretty much, i mean I played soccer mm-hmm. well me and Zach played soccer in the same league one year, one year, one year. Uh, Quit. we all stars yeah <laughs> shit shit we we lost every game well, okay, we tied like maybe two games. But and then two, we lost. But every to other game. be fair, we were the youngest team, and it was prepubescent and pubescent. Yeah. In this, in this we, league, I mean, it was literally like we were like seven, and we were versing like thirteen-year-olds, fourteen-year-olds. It wasn't that bad, but I mean, it was like we were, 16, probably nine or ten. No, we weren't. Maybe, we, weren't maybe really, we were eight. We were younger, yeah. Maybe we were, seven we were or eight. eight, but. The oldest kids... Because the scene in Lexington for soccer is honestly very small. Yeah. Um, Easily... 10, 11, 12-year-olds comparatively to 8, 9-year-olds. And that doesn't sound like a huge difference. But when the average other team is 5 inches taller... And their muscle mass is about 2 times bigger... And they're about thirty to forty times or thirty to forty pounds more than you are. At minimum. Our team got stomped. Yeah. Every single game. Jack, yeah. you got hit in the face with a with I the got ball. hit in the face with a fucking soccer ball, dude. A lot. Uh no, dude dude, it fucking sucked. It hurt so bad. But no, talking about that, I remember our team being like short the shortest out of the league. And then there is one team that were like giants compared to us. They're like easily a foot <laughs> we taller were than us. We were literally the brunt team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there there, there <laughs> we was were a the there was a team that was easily a foot taller than our tallest member on uh, our team.
2: Are you real? Your hat's bothering me where it's clipped over your ear. <laughs> I'm like, staring at it. Fine, man.
0: Fine. That's weird hey. to me, man. I like having my right, hat cover my ears. Yeah, but really? You yeah. like
2: it covering your ears? I was yeah. just like staring. I was like yeah. hyper-focused on him. Yeah, because right. look at
0: my fucking gigantic ears. Alright, all right. It's it not even head. gigantic.
2: Your ears are pretty...
0: Your ears are fine. They're small. No. I'm God I bless. I don't care. I don't care. See, a, we got We got hats versus head right now. Not shirts versus skins. We got hats yeah. versus head right now. I'm not going yeah. to interrupt you. But, um... No, there was easily a game where there was us who were probably like four foot two, and the rest of like the whole entire other team was like, I don't know, like five foot. What? so we were like easily eight eight to a, eight inches to a foot smaller, our entire team. We I was runs. like and I was like, "This isn't fair." Thing like thing to my head. This is not fucking fair. I think uh, I don't want to say his name, but uh, di- I'm not gonna say his last name. A dude named Nick. I think he was on our team, and I think he kind of forgot about that. But whatever. We only tied two games and lost every
1: other game.
2: Yeah, it's so, yeah, It was it was trash. But in any case, I are gonna, something gonna to say. Yeah. say it, brother. Say so, it. So like with like the hockey, like what what do you think? How that's like developed who you are, like, what do you think the most, like, great question. skill that yeah. has, like, instilled in your principles? You
1: know, it's a great question, but think more just, like, you know, in terms of life, you know, you have to deal with difficult people, or, you know, people you don't really like, you know? Yeah. But Personalities. Yeah, so. you know, life and, and career, too, you know, just people who cause problems, or, you know, maybe you just don't get along with, but, you know, just being able to work as a team, build trust with somebody. I mean, that's probably the, the biggest thing that I've learned from hockey and like what I learned from my coaches. But you know, also just, you know, working on goals, like how to achieve them and then, you know, if you make a mistake, being able to look back, seeing what you can do differently, I'd say those are probably like the top three, you know, things that I've learned from playing. Mm-hmm.
0: Fourth thing uh, I, that you learned is when a chick ever asks you to ice skate, you already know how to fucking ice skate. That's true. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <messy>. Man, <laughs> there's been—I I don't mean to—I mean that's a good joke, but like there's been many times where a chick has like asked me to go ice skating, still ice skating, and I have no fucking clue, and I don't want to look fall, like a loser. You gonna fall so, on your ass every so, single time. So at least you have that kind of confidence, being like, "Yeah, bitch." Yeah. I know how to fucking like, ice skate. I'll while you
2: on the ice and <laughs> off the ice, baby.
0: Yeah. Um. I I also have another question. So you can go ahead. Um. Mine is just like relative to life. Uh. Given how much of your life has involved, has been involved with hockey and coaches and stuff like that, what would you say to people, maybe who. Are in sports or aren't in sports to get a coach meaning if you're struggling with something would you be more open to telling somebody hey you're struggling with this I've had a coach for a lot of my life in just this area you know sports area but would you suggest having a life coach or a coach in, you know, finances or a coach in something like this? Like, how was your experience with coaches and would you recommend coaches within sports
1: and without sports? You know, like, I feel a lot of it, like, you know, with sports, like, coaches are really important because, you know, they have a, you know, if I'm on the ice, I'm only seeing things from my perspective, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a, Coach, you know, they're watching the game, they're seeing the whole play develop mm-hmm. and are able to see almost the entire picture. Mostly unbiased, but you know Yeah. Um, I feel like it definitely couldn't hurt, you know, to have like a financial or life coach or something like that. But what I feel like is more important is like, you know, having quality teammates or like friends if, if it's not in the sports setting. Because, you know, building trust with other people will probably get you further in in life and financially. You know, if that makes any sense. Okay. Because
0: I was just trying to make a... Or trying to find a way to associate, you know, what you're going through or what you went through. For maybe someone who isn't into sports or something, you know, like... For example, like even video gaming companies, you know, major league Call of Duty teams have coaches. You right. know what I mean, like so. Which I actually consider them sports. Not gonna lie, I really do. I do. Um, I think well, the this is such a side topic, but I think like it's
2: more of a competition than a sport. But.
0: Well, the reason why I view it as a sport, and we're gonna be very short sure on this because yeah. this is not the major theme yeah. but the reason why i believe major league gaming is a sport they're not playing it for fun they're playing it for competition as well as fun you know what i mean like it's competition first and then fun as well as they're getting money from it they they have salaries depending on the game and the expenses and whatnot in the teams they're getting paid their reaction time is insane. I mean, it's actually, like, physical. Like, yeah. they're, mm. like, for, let's say, League of Legends, a game that is widely played, I love it. It is my favorite game of all time. There are teams, I think, actually, every single team now within the competitive arena, they have to work out for an hour to an hour and a half a day. That's been this. That's Center. been... That's been the... A uh, requirement for the past almost ten years. Well, good because I know it didn't happen for certain video games, but I'm glad it's happening because, you know, I mean, you have, of course, you're just moving, you're just moving your thumbs, right, mainly, unless you know, you're on or the computer. You're, you're, you know, exactly, or you're just doing this, you know, typing and whatnot. But the reaction speed has to be so fast, and with it being. A video that you're literally watching, it's insane hand-eyed coordination. Now, is it the same as a legitimate, and I say legitimate a sparingly, physical. but an extremely intensely, exponentially more physical game such as hockey? I find it the same because there is also strategy involved. Like within games, there is strategy, there always has to be strategy. You can't just play a game to play a game if you're doing it on a competitive level. There has to be a strategical element within it. Now we're gonna wrap that up because that has nothing to do with the conversation. This is video games. We can talk about that another time. I would love to talk. About I just that yeah. I just wanna uh, ask one question to viewers. Uh, and Eli's good on this. Me and Zach are good on this. Pat, I don't know how much you delve deep into like competing in video games and whatnot but if y'all want to if y'all want us to talk about like uh competitive gaming <laughs> me zach and eli when when we were in our prime man call duty ghost we can have a podcast about that too Dude. so Dude, that if y'all want to if y'all want to hear about that then that's
2: i did youtube a British team It's really weird. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Let's um, get back on. Yeah. So, so sec- uh, I have a question. Go so ahead, like, um, brother. And Jordan. this is
0: probably not the best question, but, and I don't know if you've known any of them, but, how did hockey players view, like, uh, oh. ice skating? Like, professional ice skating and whatnot. Oh, like,
1: figure skating? Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, did you, were you like, oh, they're bitches?
1: No. Not, not like the chicks, but the dudes. Well, like, yes and no. More so, like, um, hockey, like, you know, when you're skating, you skate faster than a figure skater. The, the way that figure skater does their stride is... It's more it's, elegant. In a way. Yes and no. It really depends. Um... I guess, like... Well, you know, they're doing these crazy, insane jumps with no pads on them and they bust their shit. So, like, yeah, that, that hurts. I mean, we bust our shit, too. But a figure skater... This is kind of off-topic. But they skate, and they kind of bob up and down. And that's the reason why they lose momentum. But, like, a hockey skater, like, you know, it's almost like you're sitting in a chair like we are now, and you're just extending your leg kind of out and behind you. But... I wouldn't say like I can s- like they are definitely very ta- like very talented <laughs> but you know I feel like it's way more entertaining to watch um, hockey than it is figure skating but you know I do have a total respect for it uh it's definitely very tough to do I mean with the the edge work that a figure skater has is 10 times better than uh
0: well then second question do you think hockey players would almost get an advantage over other hockey players if they also did figure skating a little bit for those cutting edges and whatnot
1: well i mean i played with a lot of like guys that their parents got in figure skating before mm-hmm. you know they played hockey and, and like it really just depends on them as a person, you know, like, you either have that competitive edge or you don't, so if they, Mm -hmm. like, have that competitive edge, and they were a pretty good figure skater, and then they wanted to play hockey, then, I mean, you can tell the difference, like, you know, night and day, Mm -hmm. Um, just because, like, they're so much smoother on their edges, and now if they learn how to correctly do a stride, I'm not saying that they don't learn already, but, you know, like, if... With the gear on, it's completely different. Than, it's a different type of skating, yeah. know, in a way. yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of guys that have done, like, a, when they were a little of like, year or two of figure skating before they started playing hockey. And, I mean, it put hit them light years ahead of the other kids. Yeah. Uh, it also really just depends on, like, how into hockey you get when you're at a young age. Yeah. Would okay. you say... Would you say
0: that... That figure skating in a way can help teach you of course it'll help teach you the basics of skating of course, course. I mean you have to (laughs) of of, of course, I mean this is high level skating, of course it's going to teach you the, the base levels but would you say that it prepares you in such a way for maneuvering Within, because generally figure skating is one to two, maybe maybe three people on the ice at one time. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're practicing more, but if you see if you ever watch the Olympics or the Winter Olympics, which I did a while back, and uh, the figure skating is actually beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it is beautiful. It's ballet. Awesome. I, I mean, I watch. I love that you said it's an art form because part of me thinks, yes, it is a sport, but I also view it as an art form because it is so self-expressionist in a way. But um, I watched Big Brother and we there's Celebrity Big Brother going on right now. Mm-hmm. And one of the people was an Olympic gold medalist. Uh, Mariah Marai oh, okay. something. I can't remember her last name. But she was a Olympic gold medalist as a figure skater Mm -hmm. and she was hyper competitive amazing actually I wanted her to win she got out sorry for anybody that's watching it right now but or not caught up but um, it leads me to do you think figure skating where it's mainly a solo or dual sport do you think that knowing that Will it help you in terms of being able to be on the ice with so many other people like that are actually like fighting for something that is like so integral to the sport? Or do you think that, of course, you said it's night and day for the people who did ice skate or figure skate, but do you think that they may have a drawback given that their sport that they're doing or their passion, their art form? is mainly just solo or dual comparatively to a whole game with everybody that they have to pay attention to and a singular puck
1: rather than their own movements that they have to know um i would say yes and no because like with figure skating if you're doing a solo not so much because you had the whole ring so you just kind of have to pay attention where to you know the barrier or like the boards are depending on what they have there. Um but like a duo, like yes, you have to like be in coordination with the other person. So like kind of, but with hockey there's in total five players on each team that are on the ice plus the goalies. So Yeah. Twelve in total. Twelve in total. And then you have referees, which they sometimes get in the way but you, you have to pay attention to where they are because you don't want to there's been times you know you try to shoot you in a truck puck and you ask or you know you have your head turned and you run into them um, I'd say more of like the spatial awareness comes from playing hockey because you you have to know or at least try to guess where the people are where they are and where they're going to be um, or you're going to get lit up so,
0: um, I have a question. So, we, we talked about, you know, transferring from figure skating to hockey. Do you think there's any benefit from a hockey player going into figure skating? And I say this because, you know, you're wearing all those heavy pads all the time playing hockey. But without them, you know, you almost, I would assume, because that would just make sense... You would feel lighter. We are very ignorant, so let yeah, us know. Yeah, you know. exactly. Well, I have no idea. So, do you think there, there's obviously fundamentals and basics that you learn from figure skating that improve your game in hockey that also disadvantage, disadvantage you at the same time, but is there any advantages of playing hockey if you want to play hockey and then go into figure skating?
1: I've never met anybody who's I've met people who've transferred from figure skating to hockey, but I mean the market not works, vice versa. Not vice versa. But plus the market here is super small. So, you know, do I think it could help? Yeah, I mean you're gonna have to work on your edge work a whole lot more. Now when you say edge work and I hate to interrupt you,
0: but for people who don't is that know like terms? um yeah know like we terms don't, terms don't know sure what edge work like is. <laughs> I don't understand.
1: The best way I can explain it.
0: For our YouTube watchers, you will see this. For our non-YouTube watchers, we will try to elaborate while it's occurring.
1: So your blade is actually like this. Now so,
0: so your blade is like two-pronged.
1: Anyway, yeah, it's almost like a, a U. Or right, so like upside down C. Say if my blade is pointing down, it's like the upside down U. There's, so there's two blades that touch. Two edges of or edges of, of a blade. So and depending on how you get your skate cut, like I rock a half inch. So like that U is a half inch. Mm-hmm. Now people rock like you know. Small, you know, like a smaller gap or a a larger gap, depending on how they skate or, uh, you know, how they, what type of ice they're skating on or anything like that. But what I mean by edge work is like, you have your inside edge, which is where your feet come together. Yeah. The inside of your feet. And then you have your outside edge, which is, you know, like the the outer towards your, like, you know, point out like your hips. Where the Nike sign is essentially yeah. right.
2: Um. So I have another question. So you said you went to school for occupational safety. Mm-hmm. Uh. What all does that kind of kind of imply? And do you think how you went talked about like um, your skills from hockey of just teamwork and getting along with people you don't normally like? Does that Correlate. Is there some skills from that that kind of go along with the occupational safety of how can we overcome the issue to make this environment yeah. safer mm-hmm. and work for everyone?
1: 100%. Um, <laughs> uh, so with that, I would say, yes, the, the skills I learned from hockey correlating with. um. I've got the
2: next-
0: excuse that we're just trying to make sure everything is powered correctly but the
1: the skills I learned from hockey uh, do correlate with what I learned as a major and what I'm looking forward to as a job Um, because so occupational safety what I'd be going into is like safety management or like a coordinator or working on a safety team for a company which you can do like general industry which is like factories and or, you know, like, working for a larger company. Like, it's usually for corporate. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they usually have individual teams. Or there's, like, there's the construction side. Like, there's Maritime, which is, like, shipping. Yeah. You're uh, sea-based. Mining. I mean, oil. It's literally in everything that we do. Everybody is going to eventually have a job, or hopefully, right? Mm-hmm. So, there, it doesn't matter what you do. You can work at... Kroger, you know, a grocery store, you can work at a factory, you can work in construction, mown yards, I mean, there's stuff that you have to, or as a safety professional, there's stuff that you can recognize as safety hazards. There's hazards in everything that we do, Uh, even in just general life, like driving a car or, you know, walking down the street or even, you know, just going to the grocery, you know. Um, so you do a
0: lot of risk analysis, analysis also as risk tolerance, given like, is, is this amount of risk tolerant to the job? Meaning, of course, miners, you, you had mentioned mining and stuff like that. You all are doing a very dangerous job. Right. Therefore, we have to be tolerant within a certain level of risk. We have to tolerate a certain level of risk, but once that point is reached, it becomes
1: an let's just say an OSHA problem. You know, or like it'd be more of an MSHA technically cuz um, OSHA is like they kind of deal with like general industry and you know, okay. construction, uh, but here in America we have MSHA which is specifically towards mining. Okay. Um is it like mining
0: is that what the m like the m show? Yeah, it yeah. means mine because okay, I was gonna say like it's hard to have a- like in my mind it would be hard to have a blanket risk management team for every single thing because I have experienced being cut in this and that within a restaurant, but me being cut in a restaurant is generally less than. Working chainsaw. in a factory, yeah. and there's a, you know, hydraulic press, right? You know, mm-hmm. or like you had said, where you're working a chainsaw as a lumber, you know, a lumberjack, you could cut your arm off or have a deeper cut than me working just chopping, 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 chopping right? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. good that they have, and I'm in glad that you're talking. Exactly, industry specific guidelines and I really actually appreciate you telling me that because I've only heard it from as OSHA um, yeah. given Jack and I worked at a factory and we had OSHA meetings well we didn't ha- we didn't have OSHA meetings but we heard about OSHA meetings we had a often. lot of well often. not even just that we had a uh, safety management if yeah. you remember, every week or no, every our month, supervisors would every month, us. we would have a uh, safety meeting. And then if OSHA came, we would have a meeting directly after that as well, yeah. um, which to, to us, I remember it was annoying, but knowing that people were actually looking out for our safety, it was really nice. It really was, um, but it was also like, "Hey, you all need to do this better." You, essentially, and I and I really want to stress this. I respect the job a whole lot, a whole lot. Our factory was extremely safe. I mean, like, yeah. we were yeah. barely using electronics. We were right? like playing or, with Legos, dude. I mean, That's pretty, essentially mu- what pretty it much. Pretty much. So when someone was like. They would come in and be like, you all are doing this wrong because this isn't safe. We were like, I mean, come on, dude. Like, we're not really dude. doing much that could even cause us harm. It, it was bad. Sometimes I would wear, well, all the time we would have to wear gloves. This was uh, like, what, two, three years before this covid Well, let's just give it regular years. This was five years ago, 2018 to four years ago, 2019. So let's just say that. It was funny because I would take the drill that we had, and it was hooked on a chain. And I knew that it was safe. So sometimes I would just mess around, put my glove on, and then just take the drill and just drill the glove. I'm gonna do. Eli's <laughs> shaking I, his I, head. I he's like, that. he's <laughs> like, oh my god. And, well, it like <laughs> I would, I would take the drill and put with on your my hand. hand in it? Yeah, with my hand, I'd, I'd wear my glove. Even, <laughs> even if I didn't have a glove on, I would still take the drill and just put on my uh, uh, hand like this. Dude, it was so safe. Like, and I mean, I don't. I don't want to say for y'all to do this. Please don't. But we never had like the pointy uh, drill bits or anything. It was always like a, a flat a flat drill bit. So that's why I would always do it. And so, you know, there was no pain. There was, I didn't get cut. I didn't do anything. I just thought it was fun to wear a glove and just stick the drill on like it. Like a superhero. And then the glove would get stuck on the around uh, the drill, around yeah, the right drill around the and area. it would rip my glove off well it wouldn't rip it off but it That's would it would tear scary. the glove a little bit so
1: That's <laughs> cool. that makes me internally screech <laughs> but we'll give this how time. much trouble should i get in if uh, i were to uh, do like that a, a lot <laughs> well i mean improper use of tools yeah, for sure. You would definitely like in my book. If it was the first time I caught you doing that, it'd be a, a serious what talk. It wouldn't you be. Doing? You wouldn't have gotten fired, but if I caught you doing it again, probably would have written you up.
2: So, like with your 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 degree, do you want to like work for OSHA or kind of just be hired as like a consultant or just like a like how so they said they had like a,
1: a, a contractor? Well, I'm really open anything. to anything. Um, like working directly for OSHA wouldn't be bad because they're really highly sought after. Like if you work there for highly sought after by companies, so you work for a private company for, yeah. and you make a lot more money. Now working for the government, you don't make a whole lot, but the benefits are pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like, really, I'm open to anything, but just trying to get like my foot in.
0: That makes sense, though. That makes sense. Because, I mean, you got to start somewhere. Even if you're not making much, you got to start somewhere with your degree. I'll ask my
2: dad who knows anyone. Because he, he was in, like, facilities management. Mm-hmm. And um, but he's, like, a civil engineer. Okay, yeah. You might know. Because he worked yeah. at,
0: like, a university for a while. Okay. yeah. Um, for anybody wanting to get into this career, one, how long did you go to school for? And two, would you recommend it?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. So I went to school for four years, well, like four and a half. I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I first went to school. But so, you know, my professors are, like, top-notch, like, either they're very well-known within the state or they're, like, nationally known. They go out and... Through the industry. Yeah. A lot of them already have, like, books that are used widely uh, or, you know... They have like, like PhDs. Yeah, they all have PhDs, but, but they, they, have, produce work. they produce work that is regard, you know, has high regards within uh, other safety professionals and you know students like me, and stuff like that. Because um, you know OSHA is not very old. It was the OSHA Act of 1970 is what established OSHA. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: so it is developing it's it's growing it has come light years from, from since then and yeah. you know, we've gained yeah, a lot of information
0: real quick for people who don't know what does OSHA actually sample
1: that's what I was actually about that it's the Occupational Safety Health Administration mm. see
0: we don't have to deal with uh, uh, the shit that was going on in nineteen hundreds, in the eighteen hundreds, when motherfuckers were in a factory getting their hair ripped off because of unsafe work conditions. Well, there's also Good. child labor laws. I do have yeah.
2: Complaint though. OSHA won't. Well, I don't know if it's because OSHA, but like I'm not allowed to wear a hoodie at work because it can get caught on something. But I'm working in a in a fridge or a freezer that's forty degrees below all day. I can't
0: have a on. Well, can, you, you also, also got to think... There's and, really nothing that can and, be on. And, Well, tell me if I'm wrong, Eli. They make laws based off of lawsuits yep. and problems it's that have arisen stops. at yep. work, so therefore they have to make a blanket statement as this can't happen because this has happened in the past yeah and the injuries that happened in the past have caused a lot of money whether through insurance or business expense that they're not willing to take that risk anymore so they are
2: i would agree
0: so maybe they're risk averse now eli you have this knowledge am i somewhat correct within that analysis like Maybe due to lawsuits or past experiences, whether rare or not. It's
2: unsafe to wear a hoodie.
0: As, as it becomes a problem, it immediately has to be answered and addressed, and the rules have to be changed due to that. I'm going to start again. Five seconds.
1: Do you Your want response? me to recap the question? Okay. So, five I would say that it's more really, I mean, yes, lawsuits do have to play, how policies is made, that's unfortunate, because if they're doing, if they're basing, if a company's basing their safety policies off of lawsuits that's already happened, that's a problem. That's technically a, there's lagging and leading indicators. Leading is like stuff that kind of looks forward. And they try to think about the what ifs, and they try to prevent those what ifs. Mm. And then lagging is more of like they look at stuff that has like injuries and illnesses that have already happened, and then they make a policy to fix, you know, that from happening again. So, so they're both really important. So you
0: want to be proactive rather than
1: re- reactive. reactive. Yes, but you also have to take in consideration the reactive side of it. So, but. I'll, A lot of companies, like, I don't know what company you work for, but, you know, if it's a large and they have, like, a large company and they have multiple different facilities and maybe each one does something different, um, you know, they might have a policy just almost blanketed for the whole company that that might prohibit you from wearing a hoodie at work because they may have some, you know, like a different facility or something may have uh, some sort of machinery or you know, some sort of task that could get your clothing caught within it and, you know, fuck your shit up. Jack and I had to deal with that when we worked at the factory. We worked, uh, yeah.
0: you, there was a very specific dress code that they wanted. And uh, if you were outside of that dress code, it was deemed dangerous. I don't even remember the dress code that we had. Well, it was something along the lines of you could wear anything so long as you were wearing pants and a shirt, but you were not allowed to have a hoodie on. Uh, Of course, if it was winter, you know, you could have a hoodie on, but once you got into the building, it was immediate. Take it off. You need to take it off. You need to put it in a. It was at the station. It was at the station. So, yeah. We're. Hoodie up until you got to your station and then we had like racks to put your hoodie on. And then you would you know you would put you your hoodie put on. on. Well you had to put on glasses. Yeah, I, remember I remember you that. Had to put on you know, I still have some of those hardware glasses in my car. Bean, that's a dog. If you saw Jack like that doing around. this, yeah. that was that was Bean. That was a dog, yeah. she's amazing. So, uh yeah, no, we definitely had the racks to put our hoodies on. But once we got to our stations, you were never allowed to wear hoodies. But what I don't understand is why are you allowed to wear long sleeve shirts if you're not allowed to wear hoodies? Because I feel like that's well, also the a thing problem is, as the, well. Well, I could imagine, and this is my viewpoint, not your viewpoint mm-hmm. hoodies lag. They're saggy. They're not as tight to your form mm-hmm. as well. Obviously because if so, shirt, yeah. like your shirt is rather tight. Something is going to have to really, you know, you're going to have to be really close for this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for people who don't see the YouTube video, his shirt maybe leads off an inch and a half, and I'm hooking it. You know, that's very hard. But if it's something along the lines of, a few inches, yeah, off of your skin. Well, you know mm. that's going to be. with
2: that hoodie too, is it's pretty close connected to your neck. Mm.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I was about to say that's not even considering the actual hood. Yeah. That yeah. is. Well, well uh, know, or uh, the, the strings. strings. Yeah. Well, and not to mention, uh, one of our coworkers or one of the managers, my co-manager, one of his managers, uh, he. His brother, I mean, got sucked up into a machine.
1: Yeah, it sucked up his shirt. Yeah, it sucked
0: up his shirt. I, I mean, killed him. Yeah, I mean, he should be dead. Let me just put it like that. I, if I'm not mistaken, he he broke some of his uh, brain, not well brain. Yeah, his brain. Uh, his skull. Them. That's what I really meant. He broke some of his skull.
1: Broke almost all of his ribs. Broke his arms. broke But my thing is,
0: one, and, and this is maybe me just being me, but it's like, what did he do wrong to cause that? First, and then it's, and then secondly, I go, what did the the machine do? Because a lot of the times, the machine works perfectly fine and but the is safe. the person is acting stupid. But or the person they're not using the. The material optimally well, and it could be that you get so used to a dangerous machine that you don't you get comfortable, you get yeah. so comfortable that you just slip up and bam, you're in that position. And that's not the machine's fault, that's a person's human
2: error. fault,
0: yeah. So, you know, for me, I now I'm not a safety professional, you know, I, I don't have the group, I don't have the degree like you do, but for me, it's like what were you doing wrong first rather than what was the machine doing wrong first and Eli I have two things that I want I really want you to reply to um first thing this is at my job um there was one person uh I I I don't know the time frame when this happened how it happened whatever but it was a teenage kid they got into a cardboard compactor because their boss told them to get into the cardboard compactor and to take the stuff out that is... They, for, for reference, they unplugged it, but the store manager told a child to get into the cardboard compactor When I say child, I just mean under eighteen. They were of working age, but he was told to get into a cardboard compactor to clear the the trash or cardboard. Yeah, Yeah. to clear it, the debris. Once the machine is turned off, so that way it would work efficiently again.
1: What is your response to that? Uh, Definitely a couple things. So like. When entering a, a compactor like that, that is defined as some sort of confined space, those are one of the most dangerous conditions you can find in a workplace. Whether that's like, you know, the air quality, crushing hazards, you know, like say it filled up with water, like you could drown or stuff like that. Um, would I pit somebody who's, not an adult in there. No. Do you have an empty? And, and like I said, it was unplugged. It was unplugged, but even if it is unplugged, you need to take the extra safety precaution. There's a thing, it's called lockout, tagout. So, it's like where you put a lock on the device that prevents it from being turned on and then it's tagged by who locked it out and signed by management. So you can do that, you know, on the machine and unplug it and then do the same lockout tag out and you make sure you go, like go to the breaker of the facility and you turn off that specific outlet or you know, what powers that individual machine or whatnot. You yeah. know you do that but would I really want to pit my employees like in that situation to clean it out? I don't know, like if there could possibly be maybe an outside company, which still you have to worry about their safety too. But you know, I would, personally, I would not feel comfortable if like pit my employee into a compactor.
0: Okay. Um, and well, hold on. That's the first of my second. Cause I have a, re- I have a question on that as well. Um, <laughs> so with that being said so that would automatically be a no go like you shouldn't put your employee in
1: a compactor yeah, I, I would try to find a way to maybe do it without having to go into compactor or you know when you're looking at risk or you're doing a risk assessment or a JHA or something which is job hazard analysis um for something that presents risk like that, you have to... There's, like, a hierarchy of controls. And, like, the the last straw is, you know, wearing, like, PPE. But, like, you know, one of the first straws, like, eliminating the hazard is what you want to try to do first. Or, like, engineering a control. Or, like, a protective barrier, almost. So, real quick, in a way,
0: would you rather be... Risk so within your career field, Mm -hmm. is it always better to be risk adverse rather than risk adherent? And what I mean by that is, would you rather eliminate all risks or would you rather mitigate
1: all risks? Well, the goal is the safety professional is to eliminate all risks. Now, that is almost an impossible task. But if you can't eliminate it, you have to try to mitigate it, or you know lower the risk, easing it. Yeah, Um, and if that is not possible either, you have to provide some sort of safety or like protective wear that like the um, the employee will have to wear in order for you know it could save their life or save a body part or something. That's why Jack probably wore his gloves when dealing with the drill. I mean, granted, should he have drilled his hand? No, I would have I been pretty pissed.
2: Because but you can,
0: A, you can hurt yourself, but B, you can mess up the machine. So that's kind of yeah.
2: one way how they mitigated the chance of damage is even by having the drill not have a point to it.
1: Yeah, well, depends. Like, it may not have a point just depending on like,
2: what, it, what the purpose of it is the Mm -hmm.
1: purpose or they may not be able to afford a a new drill bit that's sharp uh because i mean there there are companies out there that are poor and you know they're they're doing they're making money but they're not making much they're just trying to stabilize sustain right and they just can't afford you know brand new equipment or like engineering all these controls or which that's a big thing in safety is you have to like, a lot of people, or, you know, like, corporate or higher-ups, or suit, oh, they want to be safe. They try to. They really do. I mean, like... Most
0: people don't want their employees, employees to, to get die. hurt no. or
1: die, or... But you have to prove it to them, because sometimes you you got to spend money in safety mm. to lower the risk or the hazard or eliminate it. But you have to show why it's cost-effective, For a company to invest in safety. Because if, I mean, if you have safety, you're gonna have better employee morale and you're gonna have better production at the end of the day. So, do you know the
0: statistics on that? Real quick, and I hate to interrupt you, Jack, and your question, but do you know those statistics
1: maybe in such a way like. There's like some sort of. I mean, granted, this is over my four years of learning. I have it on my computer, but. You know, it's almost just like you kind of just have to show them almost. Uh, I don't have like anything off the top of my head. It really depends on the company and you know the situation, the environment and all that, and the technology that is out and available, because there's like cutting edge technology that's like super safe, yeah. but it may cost like a couple million dollars. Mm-hmm. But there's also some stuff that's maybe safer, just not brand new that at least lowers the risk if you get one the same yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I had two things. Well, I first had three things. Forgot about the third. So I have two <laughs> things to say. <laughs> it um, happens. One and this is this goes for construction companies mm-hmm. because some construction companies they don't use this new technology, which I don't under or I don't understand, but I do understand because, like what you said, the they money... They have to make a profit. Yeah, it's they a have to make a profit. The the they, they can't exactly support the, the newest, crazy mm-hmm. thing. But for some construction companies that mm-hmm. I've seen, they have saws that whenever... They, the saws can detect if it's a flesh or if it's, like, wood so super cool so you know the saw will be going like this and anytime anything flush instantly hits it goes it sinks into the ground
1: yeah it's like a i think it's it's been a while that's like my sophomore year of college but so we had like this uh, it was a, a separate building from where my major, what like, there's multiple buildings at a college. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I was at the Stratton Building at Eastern, uh, but there was like this. It was almost like a workshop, almost. But in the back of that workshop, uh, the teacher who taught this class had all these different types of like drills, saws. I mean, like industrial equipment uh, that you would regularly see. In um, you know most workplaces, he also had like con- a confined space and like scaffolding and like shit like that. But he did have one of those salts, and it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So he demonstrated for us, and it's called like something like a dropout table or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, regardless, but anyway, mm-hmm. so he took a hot dog and he it on I mean like this saw is like you can't even see the it just looks like a circle because it's moving that yes yeah. but he took a hot dog and he went to it and it like I wouldn't even say it was worse than the paper cut and then the saw dropped down
2: mm-hmm. and then
1: afterward he like technically really isn't that safe but he took his finger and like put it right there and it dropped out too so like yeah.
0: and I I got a question. And I only have a question because my man's Pat dealt with this. And Pat can speak about it himself, but I don't know if he knows about this. So, he worked in a restaurant.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And the only way to make the sink drain... his, His managers... Well... Mind you, you got to put something to make sure that the drains go. His managers put a knife into it, standing straight up to make sure that it drains. Put
2: it up water, yeah. Blade up. Yep. Blade up. Yep. What?
0: Pat, I need you to explain that event. For people who are not watching on YouTube,
2: um, it, it unknown structure. Muscle. but it cut through your muscle. Yeah, so they had a, a knife standing, basically, imagine you have a knife and you stab it into a piece of wood and it's standing straight up.
0: Handle side down. Handle
1: side down. Where the blade was sticking up in the well, air. Well, no, the blade was
2: down in the drain. drain. Regardless. Oh, but you have the whole open side of the blade. blade yeah. Oh. Okay. You're going to have some sort of blade. Exposure. About probably four to five inches of length of Blade exposed, and I'd stuck my hand in the sink to with agree. water. With, it was full of water, and as I brought my arm, my hand up, I nicked the knife. Um, but yeah, the the blade was fully emerged in water, standing straight up, and I nicked myself.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, so that's definitely a risk, or and it's definitely a, a code violation because. So, I mean, OSHA standard, you know. The Can you even
0: believe that?
2: Because it's such
1: an easy fix. You just call a plumber.
2: Right. But the you fact should.
0: that they stuck a knife in there just. I mean, you
2: could use a fork, butter knife, or anything, you know, like or a, yeah.
0: a fucking plunger or something to. Something that's dull, right? You know, I'm not.
1: Uh, that it. sharp-ass blade. Yeah, that that's kind of dumb. But, so, OSHA has this... You know, there's the OSHA standard, which is light ears but long. And you're going to have a thick buckling.
0: I mean, I do have a thick book. I mean, day. you're going to have a 4 to 5 inch... For people who aren't watching, you're just listening, it's a 4 to 5 inch
1: book.
2: a In textbook. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, so... There's probably not anything specifically citing like having a knife stuck in a drain. You can't do that. That's it's it's
0: obvious. That I worked in a restaurant, man. But, yeah. I would never have something like
1: that. Here's the thing. is OSHA has this one standard, and it's the general clause um, standard. And that co- pretty much covers everything, if it's a record. Pretty much states like if it's a recognized hazard, whether it's covered or not, then you can get fined for it. You know, like so, if there's not a specific um, standard that applies to that specific hazard, but it is recognized, then and it hasn't, nothing's been done to be fixed and it's a violation. So it's almost like the, you know, like there's loopholes and Everything, but that is one of the standards that prevents their you know being a loophole being a loophole and
0: and to be fair, like if I was to tell you or Pat was to tell you that story, would it automatically precede those those ideals of before we reach you know those elements, we will have to. We meaning OSHA or guidelines pertaining to occupational safety will be like, okay, if you're putting a knife down to help drain a clogged sink or a sink in general, and someone gets cut from a knife being plunged down a drain, it should obviously be a occupational
1: safety problem. Yeah, it'd be, I mean, say if Osha walked in where where you worked and they saw that knife in there, I mean, now it may not have been going through your head, you know what I'm saying? Like, whoever put the knife in there is obviously, yeah, it's like, oh, I fixed it, but didn't really think about, I'm not, not, not going to call him a dumbass, but, you know, like, did a dumbass thing. Hey. Or,
0: Fixing a problem is cool, but fixing a problem that shows optimal solutions is different. Well, and I mean, just, just from my deal is just like, you know, and this is a sad thing. and I feel like OSHA should go to businesses or whatever kind of safety or occupational safety uh, personnel should do. Is going to a business without being, without telling the business. Well, they don't. Oh, okay. Well, if you knew, like, you were there when health code people would walk in, they would walk in without notice, and they would be like, "Hey, we're your health inspector. You're." No, I, I never, I've never experienced that. I've never experienced that. Oh, you haven't. So, like. So it's, it's in tr- I, I would imagine health inspectors kind of do the same job in a way, you know, it's not occupational safety, it's food safety. Right, yeah. You know, like... It's more so, of the health
1: side, right? Yeah.
0: Well, both are health side, it's just, are you operating these uh, this equipment or this certain batch of work correctly rather than are you operating this food correctly or For, this batch of food correctly within mm-hmm. the standard that we hold so health, you know food the people who would test us you know they would say like I mean they would come in and it would be like. Health inspector's here. And as a manager, I'm over here like... Oh, shit. And look, I kept my restaurant good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't like... I worked under you. You worked under me. You worked under me. I mean, both of these guys, if you all don't know, Jack, Trent, and Pat worked under me as workers for me. So, like... I would be on edge every single time. Like, I know I kept a decent restaurant. There was things that I always wished that I could do better. There was things that I always wished that I could clean better and make sure the store looked even more presentable in every single way, shape, and form. But to be fair, there were situations that I wasn't able to always predict
2: well i mean if someone hands you a plate with a with a scratch on it you, you could be take care of the plate the most but it's always gonna have a scratch on it so you, well, you weren't, you weren't well, served a golden spoon of a restaurant
0: no i was not i actually was served um maybe the worst restaurant that i could have no mm. I'm, I'm not gonna say that honestly i think it was probably an 85 To 87 every single time. Realistically, my restaurant was always kept safe. It was very safe. You could have ate at it and it would have been extremely safe. I had a very, 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 very high... I'm a hypochondriac. Mm -hmm. You know, meaning any form of sickness that i can avoid i will avoid therefore for my customers i did the same thing cross contamination it was not happening but when it comes to dirt build up on the Corners. side of the wall that no one ever used that was blocked by three feet of equipment
2: uh
0: eh, I'm not going to care about that so long as my produce that I ordered looked good and wasn't moldy, and wasn't this and that. I can't tell you how many times I was like, "Nope, I can't accept that this mm-hmm. This didn't work like I mean, you know what I mean? like this produce did not fit my bill, right? You know what I mean like mm-hmm. but if there was an edge of the wall that I didn't clean or my employees didn't cling to the spot a hundred percent i was like fuck fuck it there's three feet of equipment that blocks that you know what i mean but the food was still safe if you handled the food in a way that i didn't feel proper as the guidelines that we had to uphold but i held guidelines above that Mm -hmm. now if everyone actually worked those guidelines i don't know but i believe they did because it's how you trained them it's how i trained them and you know like this is also a sideline that we need to wrap back around but i'll tell you owning a restaurant like not owning but general managing a restaurant is extremely hard it is extremely hard like especially with our owner Mm -hmm. like you you were one of the only friends that Jack and I have that did not work under me or didn't
1: work with me but you know when I was in high school and early on in college like I worked at a restaurant I had to deal with the owner of that store location and I understand how hard it is to work with the owner because they are ninety. I mean, like profit um, driven. Yes, I mean, like yes. They I get depends on them, but most of the time, if you ask anybody, yeah, they're they do care about the worker, but they're they're worried about being able to make a profit, mm-hmm. and that's yep. how it goes for any company. And I mean, and see, this is the messed up thing:
0: the owner. That I worked under. This is a mess up thing. The owner that I worked under. He wanted the best quality food. Which I love it. I love it. I don't want to serve trash. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not in that life anymore. Mm -hmm. You know I. I quit that job. I gave up that job. Same as these two. Jack and Pat. And Trent still works there. Actually but. Jack, Pat, and I—we left. Um, I got fired.
2: <laughs> well, Pat you got your job offer back though. Yeah, so. Pat
0: yeah. left, then I left, then Jack was fired. But that—this is besides the point. Um, I know, as a manager, food safety was something that I viewed important. And uh, I don't know if it was viewed as important, as important as some of the other people that were managers. Now, is that every manager? No. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Most people, I, I swear <clears throat> to God, 98% of people made sure that food quality was safe and understood what it was safe not safe. Cross-contamination, not. You know, most people wanted to bring the best product that they could.
1: Because that brings your customers back. It, you exactly. Easily, yeah.
0: Exactly. Makes the mm-hmm. feel better. But there was instances in which I saw it wasn't the right thing. Right. And um, I really, as much as it stressed me out, I really appreciated the food health safety workers that would come in it would stress me out every time because you know
1: it it, it's very stressful when you know they're showing up unannounced yep Uh, but you know that's how they get an idea of the regular work conditions now they're just in their case they're more concerned with the consumption of the food by the customers but like osha does kind of the same thing same basis but they're more concerned about the employees. Mm-hmm. So they're just trying to make sure that the quality of the work, work environment, environment. Yeah, is yeah. proper and you know good and yeah. which will allow the worker to you know be uh, refrain from like having an injury or an illness or something that could like this, and,
0: and I feel like that's like a positive mm-hmm. for you being within work safety because mm-hmm. I'm gonna say like of course you have to worry about the product mm-hmm. in a way you have to know about the product but you know if your product is damaging society you have to be like yo this is mm-hmm. wrong you know people are dying from your product you need to fix it you Mm -hmm. know or i mean maybe we don't have to be that intense this product is damaging Mm -hmm. people in some way shape or form but you're also dealing with the ability for the workers to manage building or constructing or dealing with that product and that's really cool like i know for health inspectors, it's like, your business is operating or not operating within these guidelines. Now, some of their guidelines are stricter than what I feel are necessary. Now, whether or not... I'm, in, I'm ignorant. I'm ignorant. I ran a restaurant for about eight months... I was a manager for that restaurant for about four or five years. Mm-hmm. I I worked my way up. I knew the standard in which I wanted my food to be. You know what I mean? Like, right. If my food was less quality than what I would want, if I tasted the food and I felt it was under par, I didn't want it being served. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But there were some instances in which the health inspector would come, and they would short us. You know, they would damage our reputation. Whether, and I'm gonna tell you the God's honest truth, there were some people that just didn't like me, or didn't like my previous boss, and they would grade us harder well, due he- to dislike. And I'm not, I'm not saying that they didn't do their job correctly. What I'm saying is they were biased. Right. And it, it, I, I truly believe no same person should go to the same restaurant often. It should be like my girlfriend is a speech-language pathologist. She is not allowed to comment on the previous speech language pathologists work she just has to build upon it mm-hmm. and I feel mm-hmm. like there were times in which the health inspector or at my current job the in, the safety inspector views us some kind of way in which they produce a false element as to how we are truly operating the business And therefore it puts a negative light on and I don't know how to solve that I don't know how to fix that and I would love if you would help me
1: within that area well I think you can never in life you can never really have true unbiased I mean you can try you can do your best it's really hard to keep it 100% unbiased. So you're gonna have that, but you also have to take in consideration like people are different. So some may be very nitpicky, some may be trying to like just go through the day. Um, Also like how new like um, somebody is to a job, or how long, you know, like say if they're a veteran to, um, you know, they've been with OSHA or, you know, uh, been a health inspector for a long time. And it, mm-hmm. it depends on the experience, it depends on the type of personality you're dealing with. So you're all, your baseline is going to differ you yeah. know, no matter wherever you go.
0: Well, and what I was going to say is, uh, and you know, Cause me and you worked at uh, the same job. I'm not gonna say where it is, but um, me and you, we worked at the same the same job, mm-hmm. and there mm-hmm. was a uh, there was pretty bad,
1: but he There's did a lot less on the radar. The yeah,
0: yeah. But in in general, our new GM is in the limelight, more or less, not. And it's not because of uh, personal favoritism. It's just because, generally speaking, he does his shit. And he makes the store look good. He he does everything that needs to be done. He really... I mean, he's an asshole sometimes. But he but do but you he respect makes, him? Of course. You love re- him. You respect your manager. Yes, I, I love respect him. respect the, the general... Like, the store manager. I love the general manager not because I've been promoted and not because of this. I love him because he fucking works. And works his ass off. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the fact that our old GM was treated harshly, prejudicially, because our upper high, or our... Uh, uh, upper management management did not like him. They did not want him. They wanted our new manager. And they graded him on certain things extremely negatively. So they moved him to a different region in which the regional manager of that region loved him and he also went to a smaller store. Because our store is the third biggest in the company, but our new manager, our regional loves, and whatnot. Be- well, and granted, our old manager could not run the store that we had, or that we have. Our new manager, he's younger. He's a lot younger. He's a lot healthier. He can run it perfectly fine. And I love. I mean, I really do. I love him. As a person, he, he's Excuse great. Me. He's a great person. And he works hard as fuck every day. And, but what I'm, what I'm getting with, I know that I'm talking a lot, but what I'm getting with is, that, is the fact that our old GM was treated with a lot of prejudice on top of deserved hatred. But our new manager is treated with Lot of respect that's earned in any case, y'all can go ahead with uh, whatever you got to say. Well, it's rounded up. I just think that when you have a manager that sets a standard Mm -hmm. and the standard is optimal and the standard is very widespread, it is not. Based upon everything other than this is the standard, then it works well.
2: Because mm-hmm. no one wants to be told to do something by someone that's never gotten that right. right.
0: Like for example, tell me if I'm tell me if I'm wrong. Um, at my work, I found a within the bathroom. There was a. This is one of the grossest, the grossest things for viewers who are watching on YouTube. This is one of the grossest things that I've ever come in contact with. Ever. You can see by my facial expressions. YouTube at unknown structure. But... There was a pile of blood. Yeah. On the corner. On the corner of this bathroom. This bathroom is very, very small. I would say it's about eight by eight feet.
1: Like a one stall, maybe one urinal or something like that.
0: I mean, eight by eight feet minimum. Yeah. Maybe it's six by six. Right. I mean, very, very Just like a small one person
1: bathroom, right.
0: I mean, it has to be... I mean, it is a one-person bathroom. I mean, but... There was blood on the corner. And I hate to be so graphic. But I had to call my store manager. You know, if I was the manager of the store, I would have taken place and taken care of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not afraid to do it. But I had to let my store manager know like hey That's this is hazardous. what's going on um this is extremely hazardous and i want to know your opinion on it before i do anything with it now this is a total change from me being the higher up the highest person someone can come to so and which is why i took the job but You know, I asked him about it and he told me and we have our workplace safety management kit. You know, we have a whole kit designed strictly for these vents and he cleaned it up and he was like, hey, I will never have one of my employees do this if I'm not willing to do it myself beforehand. And I looked at him and I swear to God, I find so much, so much respect so much respect for him. I want to, like, when I say I find respect for somebody, what that means is I'm willing to show you how great I am because there are some people that don't deserve the greatness that you are able to offer. But when someone shows you, like, hey, I'm willing to clean up blood that I don't know what it's from. I don't know who it's from. I don't know the problems within that. Or there's other things that he does, but I'm going to bring up this just incident. He cleaned it up, and he showed me how to clean it up, and he did it himself after I told him about it because he was like, hey, you will never do something that I'm – not going to do. Mm-hmm. You are never going to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. That is a manager mm-hmm. that deals with respect, and he did it correctly because I did the trainings on it, you know. But when it comes to a lot of blood, real blood. life
1: application, it's completely different. It, exactly. Nothing is ever the same as the one. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Thing the training or the scenario but each scenario is different each time exactly mm-hmm. like
0: i deal with the kitchen i'm used to people cutting themselves but i know the people who cut themselves yeah you in don't... a bathroom that is in a real retail environment i don't know who blood whose blood that is
1: cuz that, that's a real hazard is like you don't know what bloodborne <laughs> pathogens or you know exactly illnesses diseases that they have so it's you know, you would assume that they don't have any, but you you can't.
0: But see, the thing is, I don't assume. Right. I assume they have yeah. the worst pathogens. Right. I assume they have the worst pathogens. They have AIDS. They have cancer. Whatever AIDS. cancer well, can't be transmitted. Can't but be AIDS I can be gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. I consider that blood as the worst possible things that i can experience and i dealt with that as a gm so the fact that my current store manager is willing to deal with that and and then to have me watch him deal with that so that way i can learn you know firsthand as to how to appropriately deal with that within the products that we are serviced so that way we deal with it as well as we can without cross-contamination or dealing with possibly getting infected it was amazing i love i love i love i love my store manager i think he is a great man and he is a great leader and um if you are within leadership the problem is You have to take lead. You get the respect. You get the knowledge. You have the knowledge, but you have to therefore get the respect. And the respect comes from doing the dirty jobs day in, day out. You have to do the worst things. And you have to show your less lessers. I'm saying that within quotations. Your lessers. They are people the same as you are. But you have to operate in such a way in which the people under you, business-wise, can learn. And they can handle obstacles and problems that they face. And it's it's hard. So, I'm sorry guys. Unfortunately, the last part of the audio file got corrupted. So I had to end it where it was. We didn't exactly get a place to close it, but I'm here now. It's your boy Jack. We're going to close it out. So I hope that y'all enjoyed the podcast with Eli, you know, interviewing him about safety, about hockey. In any case, um, let us know what you want us to talk about in the comments. If you're on YouTube, we should have a Spotify poll or something along those lines. So stay tuned for that.
2: Hope y'all enjoyed it. It's been Unknown Structure, we're out.